Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson live at Kemp Shelby today. Bob Getty on the road in Montgomery. We'll get to him in just a minute. Michael Mergens producing for us back in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. Great show for you today. We'll be talking a little later to Tommy Lofton, the director at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum here at Camp Shelby on a great Memorial Day weekend as we always look back and remember the sacrifices that allow us uh, the freedoms that we enjoy and to be able to spend an hour talking about Southern Miss sports, uh, the uh, the American spirit and the sacrifice and uh, we look back this weekend and uh, and remember. Patrick McGee will be joining us a little later talking RPI. The Golden Eagles RPI is up right now to 21 as they won in dramatic fashion last night. Danny Lynch walks off uh, Troy with a single in the bottom um, of the ninth. And then in the last segment today, we'll be uh, checking in with Ben Milam as uh, William Carey starts their World Series run today. But let's go straight to Montgomery, Alabama, where uh, Bob Getty, uh, co-host, of course, of the Eagle Hour, joins us. And, uh, Bob, it was uh, late-night heroics last night for the Golden Eagles. Well, it's good to be old school for Danny Lynch, right? He... uh... He walks off a uh, single, knocks in Slade Wilkes to win a tough game against Troy, seven to six. You know, Luke, I didn't, I didn't realize that until this morning. But even, even with a loss last night, Troy is thirty nine and nineteen. So Troy is a very good baseball team, and they really took the Golden Eagles uh, down to the wire. So here, here's where we are, everybody: Old Dominion, James Madison, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, all out of the tournament. That leaves Louisiana, Coastal, App State, Troy, USM, and Texas State. Troy and Appalachian State will play at 3 p.m. this afternoon. The winner of that game will take on the Golden Eagles tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We'll have to beat USM twice to uh, advance to the championship game. Louisiana plays Texas State at 6 o'clock this evening. Winner there advances on to beat uh, to play. Coastal Carolina, who beat Louisiana last night in the game that didn't get started until uh, almost uh, 9-15. I think they went on to win that game uh, 6-4. to So championship uh, day is uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Luke, uh, the Golden Eagles play early in the morning. Uh, in the postgame last night, uh, Danny Lynch talked both about the mentality of the baseball team when Troy tied it in the ninth inning. Uh, how how there was was no panic, followed by Coach Barry's thoughts about having the day off today, which 
may come as a bit of a surprise to our listeners, but the coach said he would have preferred to play today. Here's what those guys had to say. This is at the mark of a mature team. You guys play a lot of baseball. You're getting those moments before. Yeah, I think that's a lot to do with it. I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is people – you know, when you implode like you did, like we did, and uh, it was at the top of the eighth, uh, we kind of imploded and put bad defense, and, you know, Storm did his job, and we just gave up runs. Um, it's easy to start freaking out and everybody go crazy and everybody do too much instead of you know, just going back to what we always do. We always try to relax, have good at-bats, be on top of fastballs, and when they don't, they don't hit them. And I think that's the biggest thing about it is just staying positive and not freaking out because you have one bad energy. Coach, how big is the day's rest for your team? Uh, well, certainly as the format is laid out, it'll be really big because two, the two winners of, in the loser's bracket, they'll have to play tomorrow. So they'll, you know, that'll tire them a little bit. But, you know, there's, you know, there's a part of me that wants to keep playing every day. You know, trust me, but that's, that's not the way the format is. And you don't get that call. So, uh, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll just have to show up on Saturday with the mindset that we've had on Wednesday and Thursday and be ready to play. So we'll certainly, you know, try to take advantage of it as much as we can. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the obvious is, is you're not going to be using pitching when they are. And, uh, the Eagles now 39 and 16, 17 of their last 18 games. Where do you think? Uh, where do you think things stand now in regard to the Golden Eagles uh, hosting next week? Well, I mean the the RPI they are up seven spots today. They're at twenty one. Uh, strength of schedule right where you know right at forty five. It's kind of in the same mix as a few others that they're fighting for. Um, Boston College lost today. Um, which which helps. Um, they were one of those teams that that are in front of the Golden Eagles. They dropped to 16. They're 35 and 18. Auburn is out of the uh, the SEC tournament. Southern Miss, some of those other bubble teams in RPI that that lost. Uh, they passed West Virginia. They passed Oklahoma State. They're in front of Connecticut. They're five spots in front of East Carolina. Um, third segment today, we're going to talk to Stats McGee again, and and he's going to uh, kind of give more, you know, based off the math. But I, I think right now the Golden Eagles. Uh, Troy is is at 34 in the in the RPI. Appalachian State at 95. So, um, you know, if you in a perfect world, you would probably want the Golden Eagles to play um, t- tomorrow against Troy. But their, their their RPI is not going to fall with the wind tomorrow, even if they play Appalachian. And 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 App State pitching is going to be exhausted um, tomorrow after they play Troy today. So, you know, I, I would uh, we we beat Troy three times. Um, this year, a couple of them, you know, real slim like last night. So, I don't know. I almost would would rather uh, play App State tomorrow. Um, but the Golden Eagles, I mean, it, it's good right now. Uh, Coastal's at twelve after winning last night. Uh, I, I just really feel like uh, the Eagles are where they where they need to be. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, and, and I would agree with you. Uh, all things being equal, I, I think I'd rather play App State. Than Troy. Troy, I thought Troy was a very good baseball team last night. I think they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but they look like to me that they're very athletic and uh, and very competitive. And you know that was a that was a tough game. All right, look your your thoughts about the atmosphere. I, I've read a lot about people complaining about uh, it being the tournament being here, but I think it's a great venue, very historic area in downtown Montgomery and. I think the tournament has been run about as well as you could ask uh, ask the Sun Belt to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, the setup, I mean, in downtown Montgomery, where we, you know, we parked at our hotel, and you know, it was a literally, if if it was a five minute walk, you know, it was, and uh, and we were one of the quote further hotels away, you know, and um, it was great atmosphere. Dreamland was right across the street. There were a bunch of other restaurants within walking distance, but I mean, the setup that they gave us, I mean, it was wide open. And uh, Bob, I mean, where we were, we really never got hot. I mean, I got there nine thirty. The sun was shining on you a little bit, but a lot of that stadium was in the shade. And I thought last night uh, the Troy Southern Miss game with Troy being you know forty five minutes away, but the Eagles brought a lot of people. I thought it was probably the best atmosphere of any game I had watched in that tournament so far. Yeah, no question. Danny Lynch commented on that last night. He was just smiling real big when he said, "You know, our fans are just crazy. It's Thursday night." And, uh, you know, there were all kinds of fans here, and, and they were they were very, very loud. I did, and we didn't air this, uh, Luke. I wanted to get your comment on it. I did I did mention to Coach Barry last night that if Danny Lynch continued uh, to have these dramatic hits, they were going to have to put a statue somewhere on the campus for him. And Coach's comment was, well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried about how that statue would look. So I don't know. Maybe there maybe there won't be a Danny Lynch statue on the campus, right? There'll there'll probably be some T shirts somewhere and there'll be something you know, I, I after the game I was talking to some some uh some people and, and his parents were down there and his father is carrying around the uh the stuffed goat. You know, it's a it's a big goat. Um you know, it's it's just a it's a toy. You know, and and it's it's huge. It was the one that was in the picture following the Louisiana series, and you know they were down there. They're all laughing about it, but he's carrying it around with him, and it was really cool. Also, you talk about the fans. Doctor Paul was down there last night, and of course, you know, in his Southern Miss polo shorts, Southern Miss baseball hat, just walking around the president of the university, just being a fan, and that's you know why we right. why we appreciate him. But yeah, I I would say that if it's a Danny Lynch um, in the field. Which I don't think it would be, but he would be mm-hmm. in the talking position. That would be he would be running his mouth. Uh, but at the plate, I would like to see. You know, I, I think everybody would do this. The, the follow through on a couple of the grand slams. I think that would look nice. No question. I did see that Lynch T-shirt last night. I saw a guy wearing a shirt that said Chuck Norris wears Danny Lynch T-shirts. So I thought the. Uh, <laughs> You know, the the folklore is growing, my man. There's no question. Well, it's going to be a good afternoon here. You know, you said something at the start of the year that I was thinking about this morning, and and that is about the Sun Belt. The Golden Eagles are not playing today. But you know what? It's exciting to go watch these games here today with Troy and App State and Louisiana and Texas State. And I think that I think that's a new element of the Sun Belt that uh, – it's just another reason that I'm very happy the school has made that move. Absolutely. And uh, even looking at the RPI conference standings right now, Golden Eagles in the conference that is fifth overall, way ahead of, of the other group of five conferences. So, well, Bob, enjoy your Friday. Enjoy some baseball and then cheer for us to victory bright and early in the morning. Thank you. All right, Luke. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next. Thanks, Bob. It's Bob Getty on site in Montgomery at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Hey, we're live today at Kemp Shelby at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Going to talk about that in Memorial Day with Tommy Lofton, the museum director, right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour on the road on this Friday, entering Memorial Day weekend. Appreciate Bob Getty joining us from Montgomery. If you want to watch Troy and Appalachian State, 3 o'clock today on ESPN+. Plus. Golden Eagles will play the winner of that tomorrow in a semifinal game at 9 a.m. Should the Golden Eagles uh, lose in the morning, they would play uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. in an elimination game. The good news is if you get the championship Sunday, it is a winner-take-all one game. But the Golden Eagles 2-0 and in uh, the Sun Belt. It is Memorial Day weekend, and we are happy to be at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum on the base of Camp Shelby. The director, good friend, Southern Miss Golden Eagle, Tommy Lofton. What's up, buddy? Man, how are you? And uh, I joked, you're in a suit today, and anybody that uh, that sees you in a suit, um, according to you, would only see you in a suit this weekend because it's a special weekend, but a special event today at Camp Shelby. That's just about true. I, I, I try not to wear one too often, um, but, you know, when I do, I guess it's for mostly ceremonies, important things, and funerals, and, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But, important stuff today. Big event here um, at the uh, Armed Forces Museum. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Had a great crowd this morning. We had uh, uh, every Friday going into Memorial Day week. And we like to have a ceremony so that it doesn't compete on Memorial Day with other established ceremonies, but but does help set the tone for the weekend and helping us to remember while we're enjoying watching Southern Miss win a bunch of baseball mm-hmm. games. Hopefully, uh, you know we're we're fortunate to be able to have the freedoms that we have and to enjoy the things we enjoy. And those all came at a great sacrifice. And so this ceremony was designed to honor fallen Mississippians who. Uh, have paid the ultimate sacrifice and every year we try to hone in and honor like at least one individual primarily and we picked uh, joe henry brown this year he was a young man from jackson mississippi who uh, fought in vietnam uh, had a beautiful wife and a little girl and uh, went overseas and after a few months of service in vietnam was in a major battle uh, at a uh, place called firebase jaeger basically um Overrun, the estimate is over 500 Viet Cong overran mm. his position. He, mm. he was one of 200 soldiers holding mm. this spot, uh, defending artillery pieces that we had in the area. The uh, enemy showed up in full force with a multiple front attack, uh, began to overrun that position, really almost captured one or two field, uh, or the one or two of the artillery pieces. Uh, but thankfully were pushed back. Hmm. Uh, but during that action, he was one of 20 individuals who was killed in action. Uh, for some of his uh, heroism within that uh, battle, uh, he actually earned the Silver Star, wow. which we have. Mm. The posthumous you have it here. Wow. have it here on display in our Vietnam exhibit. So his Silver Star, a Bronze Star that he also had earned, uh, a Purple Heart. And then we have a photograph of him and actually a newspaper clipping of his wife receiving his medals posthumously right there in in Jackson. Hmm. Unfortunately, she passed away in 2012, and we have not been able to to make contact with his daughter yet or any other family members, but we still uh, honored him in our true fashion of how we do this every year, and we're uh, quite honored to, uh, to share his story with those who are visiting. So many stories here at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. One of, one of the best things that, that I enjoy about this, um, like you like you talked about, um, is the the room that has the, the Medal of Honor recipients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, I mean, people in this area need to know about guys like uh, Mac Jordan oh, of Collins. Sure. They need sure. to know um, about Roy Wheat. They yeah. need to know about different guys like that. But I think people... 
what what my wife and I try to do, she's enjoying the museum as you and I are, sure. are sitting here right now. <laughs> what what we always try to do um, is on Memorial Day to remind ourselves of Mississippians who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And a few times we actually went out and, and found those those graves. Yeah. And uh, I think it would, it, just in our area in South Mississippi, people who haven't investigated it would be, would, would be shocked to see how many Silver Star, mm-hmm. Bronze Star, but Medal of Honor recipients that we have. And the hall that we have our uh, recipients featured in, those are just some of the ones. I mean, we have so many other people we can... Uh, put in there with more if we had more space and we try to rotate things out here and there within a lot of our exhibits but the the thing we probably try to keep out the most are the items that are two mississippis who have fallen in the mm-hmm. field of battle and, and fallen in their service and you know if we don't continue their legacy and tell their story who's going to you know i want to talk about the music because i want you to be short here because you and i could talk about this for ages <laughs> sure Remind our listeners who Ira Welburn is. Okay, so Ira Welburn, one of the most important and influential individuals in military history for the entire nation. Uh, short and sweet version of it is he's the godfather, if you will, of tank warfare, modern warfare. Uh, we have a lot to thank uh, in that regard for him, but he's a mentor to a young Dwight Eisenhower as well. Somebody's heard of him. Uh, a few people probably heard of Eisenhower. Uh, Eisenhower actually had two people that he really focused in on and, and attributed to being his successors, his, his mentors, and one of those is Ira Welburn from Jones County. It's amazing. is actually a guy named Fox Connor from Slate Springs, Mississippi. So two people that Eisenhower himself attributed his success both in battle and later in his career. You know, he went on to do other things after being a general. Uh, you know, his leadership lessons were from Ira Welburn and Fox Connor, both very important Mississippians and both featured here in the Mississippi. That, that's that's with the segue. Thank you for that segue. Yeah. You come here, and, and people don't realize what a treasure this museum is until they get here because, it's again, it's not just let's talk about military history. It's like military history from our backyard. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one thing to go – look at dates and facts and information on battles, which we have in here to set the tone, but a lot of what we try to do is tell the personal stories and tie people who come through here from all over the state and all over the country back to their community and realizing that there are some amazing people who maybe have sort of been forgotten over time that we need to continue to remember. And like you said, they may be buried almost in your backyard and where you live right now in in, uh, the state, and it's important to honor these folks. It's amazing to see... What a rich military heritage and history our state has. And if it's something that you, you know, if you're looking for something to do on Memorial Day itself even, come here to the museum. We'll be open. We're open every patriotic holiday. Our regular hours are actually Tuesday through Saturday from 9 to 4, and we're free. You can't beat a free museum. No, you can't. Uh, free anything. And what's, and what's cool, the, the, the aspect about this is that it's on base. Yeah. And so what's really cool for, for kids is not just a, like kids can say, well, I was on an Army base. And sure. The whole, you know, gate, the South Gate entrance sure. where, you know, Dad, you better stop and roll down your window and talk <laughs> to the. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just something really cool to be able to, sure. like, in our community. And then to have a museum of, of this type of quality. And what I, what I always find myself doing you'll tell me something i've got i've got um with uh with with soldier brown I, i've i've got what was his rank by the way which one is? i'm sorry oh uh specialist for joe henry brown yeah. here yeah yeah so so the uh, s4 brown I, I i'll go back and read about him yeah and so 
it always seems as if there's something to go back and do homework. You learn about somebody, and to your point, you can go to, to Moselle right right off of, uh, of, of I guess it's Highway 11, right there in East of Butchie. Yeah. There's a big flag flying, a big right. a Marine Corps, and it's, right. it's Roy Wheat. There right. he is right there in, in our own backyard. Exactly right. And, and, you know, again, if we don't continue their legacy and don't continue to teach future generations of our own family, our own community, these folks are going to be lost. And that, that's something that's important for us to remember Memorial Day. is not just mattress sales and barbecues, but yeah. it's a, a day to honor and remember those who have fallen. You know, we had one, at least one Gold Star family member here today, the mother of Casey Casanova, mm. uh, first female killed in Mississippi's history in, in the front lines of combat in 2008. Uh, and Casey, you know, again, remarkable story. Only child, didn't have to serve, chose to serve, and she paid the ultimate mm. sacrifice, um, which... You know, I can't imagine being a father, any of my children going on to do that kind of thing. And, and not, you know, not to mention Casey was an only child. So uh, for Miss Paula to be here, I'm sure is extremely difficult, but it was uh, very much moving. And I think the crowd, the soldiers, others that were here really appreciated having Gold Star family members here as well. And not just for us, but those families need yeah. to remember. Yeah how much people appreciate them, right. and so it, it allows that. People care. Um, Golden Eagles playing at 9 in the morning, which means there's 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 not baseball <laughs> at noon, right? Right, right? And so you guys are open tomorrow. Yes. It's Saturday. Yes, and, right. and, again, you're open on, on Memorial Day. Um, I, I knew this was going to happen. My wife Lauren was walking out. She's a you know she's a medical professional, and <laughs> she was just mesmerized at the uh, the medical cart. And I and I walked up to her and I said, "Tommy's really proud of that one. You always got great stuff here, man. man. You always have." Uh, we've got a lot of artifacts we're proud of, and other things we're working on to uh, try to bring to the public here in the near future. Uh, especially this summer and getting into the fall, we're redoing some of our Civil War exhibits, improving our World War II exhibits. Uh, all kinds of good things. Happening. You always have something up your sleeve. And, <laughs> just wait, uh, just wait. But uh, no. you know, speaking of baseball, we may or may not even be putting out uh, a baseball jersey soon that has ties to Camp Shelby and World War Two. Uh, you know, there's there's not just military stuff here. We've got a lot of things tied to the military that that. Uh, also go into the. the There's been some baseball games and, played played on this oh yeah. base. Oh, good yeah, stuff. For sure. good and stuff. we've had a few football games of soldiers here that uh, trained here in World War II and went and played at what we know as the Rock. So we've got some cool stuff like from there it. too. Tommy, thanks for your time, man. Again, remind us of those hours this weekend yeah. and normal. Yeah, normal hours Tuesday through Saturday from nine to four, free to the public, and then we'll be open Memorial Day. Same thing, nine to four. Good stuff. Well, we uh, wish you and your family. Um, Happy Memorial Day. Thank you for everything that you do, keeping these memories alive. We appreciate it. We appreciate you all. Southern Miss to the top. It's Tommy Lofton, the director here at the Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. We're going to talk RPI with Stats McGee. Southern Miss at 21 right now. What's it got to take for them to close out a, a regional host? Eagle Hour continues after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back at Camp Shelby at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Appreciate Tommy Lofton, the museum director here. 
and uh, joining us. And again, they uh, they will be open uh, tomorrow, and they they are always open tomorrow on Saturdays. But they will be open Monday on Memorial Day. Great opportunity for you and your family. And uh, the soldier that was honored today, Specialist Four Joe Henry Brown. Um, he was killed in Vietnam on February twenty fifth, nineteen sixty eight. Silver Star recipient, buried in Hines County, um, in Jackson. So uh, Joe Henry Brown honored today. It's a great opportunity over this weekend for uh, to, to look at um, Specialist Brown and, and others that, that laid down um, their life. Patrick McGee, stats we call him on the Eagle Hour, joins us now. And uh, second second uh, appearance on the Eagle Hour this week, Patrick, and, and that's for a reason because you are the savant of RPI. Word on the street is is that uh, they're actually going to, uh, to change Warren Nolan to, uh, to PatrickMcGee.com. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I don't think so. That'd be funny, though. But I uh, have, haven't gotten that word yet, but uh, glad to be on uh, for another time this week. And I do joke that way because you actually notified Warren that he had a mistake in his RPI, which he acknowledged. And so, uh, that, anyway, we, we appreciate everything you do. All right, man, quick before we get into stuff. Heroics from the Golden Eagles last night of all people, Danny Lynch. Yeah, it was kind of one of those, you know, a back-and-forth type game. And, you know, you got a pretty good start from Billy Oldham, and it was just kind of that – it was the top of the eighth inning. Yeah, Troy got those three runs back, but he able to throw up a zero in the ninth with uh, with Justin Storm, and then you know Lynch comes through with the uh, the clutch base hit uh, to score Wilkes, and it was a yeah, big seven six win, and you know in really good shape uh, heading in uh, to the weekend in the conference tournament. We woke up yesterday morning at twenty eight in the RPI, trailing several of these schools, and people started losing. Patrick, and as of right now, Golden Eagles uh, looks like Oklahoma State just jumped them since we've been on air. But they're at twenty two. Realistically, um, what what needs to happen in the next forty eight hours for the Golden Eagles to host? Well, I think you got to. I think you got to win the conference tournament, and I think you got to have Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, probably listen. They're playing Oklahoma today. I mean, I think you probably need Oklahoma State to lose. It'll if not today, then tomorrow. You can't have them kind of making a run there uh, through the Big Twelve uh, tournament. And then you got to root against some of these other contenders. You could look at someone like a Campbell. Uh, you look at someone like a DBU. Obviously, USM has the head-to-head with DBU. But uh, look, DBU has a, a top sixteen RPI, and they won the regular season a top ten conference, and that combo is actually hosted fifty nine of sixty times since they changed the bat in twenty eleven. Uh, so DBU is still very much a contender. Uh, you, I mean, Rudy, I think ECU. I think USM would be ahead of ECU at this point, but ECU still in their um, um, conference tournament. They're up right now. Um, so yeah, kind of rooting against those teams. I think Boston College is out of their tournaments. They went um, they went one and one. I don't know. They're playing pool play on the ACC tournament, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of take care of your own business and the root against some of these other teams I just talked about. Last night, um, you uh, you had some locks um, in there, and of course, because of some losses, some stuff has changed. Help me, and I know you weren't happy to say it, but help me understand why one conference should get half of the, the regional hosting spots, and I'm speaking of that conference whose first letter is spelled with a money sign. Yeah, well, I mean, I think right now they have, I would say, six that, I mean, I'd set eight that are locked. I feel like Auburn might be the one that could get left out. I mean, as well as, I mean, look, South Carolina, I believe, is outside of the, of the D1 projection um, today. So, I mean, I guess my logic is uh, Auburn, 
Uh, well, first of all, their AD, John Cohen, is on the select. He's the chair of the selection committee. Uh, <laughs> so that, that helps a little bit. But, I mean, they are 18 and 15 against the SEC in the aggregate, and they're 18 RPS. So that'll get them a look. I just feel like kind of the Cohen factor will help them out there. And then South Carolina, the other team on the edge, they were, I guess it would have been 17 and 15 aggregate against the SEC, but they have a top 10 RPI. Um, and look, they would have a connection as well, you know, with, uh, with Bill McGillis on the committee, and obviously um, he would have a connection with USM as well, um, you know, with, uh, you know, being previously AD here. So, um, so yeah, it's Auburn and South Carolina, and then maybe Kentucky would be on the edge as well. I mean, there's all these SEC teams that are kind of a couple games above 500 in the league with pretty good RPIs. Um, but right now, I do think the SEC will get eight, um, and that is just kind of my feeling right now. So they got seven in 2016. They would be a new record. So, yeah. Um, the one out this morning, they have Indiana State as the 16. Um, you're looking at the the metrics there. That's another team I forgot uh, they, to mention. Yeah, the Rudy Gibbs. Yeah, they they've got two less losses in the Golden Eagles, and the the strength of schedule is about the same. I mean, I guess for them, it's asking, you know, do they have the type of facility to uh, to host? And and when you get down to these 15 or 16, Patrick, how, how much does it do you think it matters that um, top 10 in attendance, Mississippi's not hosting? Uh, another regional this year. Does any of that play into it, or are we just looking at metrics and numbers? I think we're at the point, I think, you know, it used to be, you know, you kind of look, I mean, really back in the 80s and 90s, you would kind of look at LSU and State would, you know, get a lot of host sites a lot of times, even if they didn't deserve it, just because they had more fans than everybody else. And nowadays, it's very much kind of more metric-based. I mean, maybe if everything is equal, you kind of look at that attendance stuff and uh, you know, just the revenue part of it. But, I mean, really now the committee's kind of evolved and the selection process has evolved to where they're not really looking at things like attendance um, and facilities unless it's just something like you don't have lights or, or something like that, which I don't think is the case with Indiana State. So I think it's kind of more numbers, RPI, your record versus top 50, top 100, that kind of thing. So One thing that is uh, fairly interesting, and, and I'll ask your question about this, um, would you rather, I, I, as a baseball fan, I want to host, but but would you rather be a 16 paired against uh, Wake Forest for a super or go to a more winnable regional as a two-seed of a 12th or 13th? Yeah, well, I'd say, look, I think it's possible that, I mean, if you get a, let's say you go to a Tuscaloosa and they're a, you know, they're a 13, well, maybe, they, or, or let's say they're a 14, then you get paired up with, uh, you know, Arkansas, and then, I mean, is that any better than, you know, going to Wake? I mean, I think that'd be about the same as going to Wake Forest. At yeah. least Wake Forest, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, crazy of an atmosphere as good of a team they have, and then they'd probably have the best rotation in college baseball. So I think you would rather host as a 16 and get a Wake Forest because if you get a winnable regional, you're still going to have to go to a really tough super like an Arkansas, like an LSU, like a Florida. So I think I'd rather host um, based on that question. Let me just offer conjecture here. Um, you know, last year we're like, there's no way that we could ever host, you know, an insight school in the super, and it happened last year. So let me just have con- conjecture. D1 has Florida as the two. If Southern Miss were uh, to be the 15 and win their regional, uh, Coach Barry won't do it. But what if he were to hold Tanner Hall in game one, and then you would have a Waldrop Hall matchup in, uh, in the second round? Yeah, well, that would be uh, the appointment uh, viewing right there, but that'd be kind of like the. Uh... <laughs> Like the college baseball version of Pedro versus Maddox or something like that. I mean, that would be must-see TV. So, yeah, I don't think they'd do it, but certainly that would be a, a heck of a matchup uh, to watch right there. So. 
So Golden Eagles 22 in the RPI right now. Um, looking, who do you want to play more tomorrow? Um, I, I know from a pitching standpoint, probably App State, but I mean, how much jump would the Eagles get playing Troy tomorrow versus, versus App State? Well, I, I don't know the exact number on App State just because uh, USM hasn't played them yet, but I mean, look, you got a 27 point jump by beating Troy yesterday. So, I mean, that'd be about the same as it was. So, I mean, if you go up, I mean, if you go up 27 points, I mean, that would get you. I mean, depending on what these other results do, but that would get you in the top 20. And I think, although but all these teams are so bunched up at 20, 19, 20, and 21, I mean, you'd probably jump up in the top 20 with a win over App as well. So I think Troy would give a little more of a boost. I think you kind of look at App would have a little more of a blowout potential, I think it would be fair to say, which if you get up enough, you can save arms. Whereas Troy would be a little trickier, I think, just because they're, they're the better team of the two between them and App. Um, where you might have to, you know, burn some of the pitching, but like you said, the the RPI, and then yeah, of course, you know, I mean, you never know. App could you know come out there firing on all cylinders, and then you know you got to burn some pitching. But uh, App, from a pitching standpoint, like you said, and then uh, Troy uh, based on RPI. We are now pulling for Evansville in the Missouri Valley Tournament because they are playing Indiana State. And I will be cheering at 3 o'clock today for South Carolina Upstate, who is taking on the Campbell Camels. But uh, Clemson already defeated Boston College. And, you know, I, I guess also another team, Patrick, uh, about a minute left here. I mean, we we got to watch Miami and Duke today, right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Miami would already be in as a host, but uh, certainly Duke would be kind of on the fringes. They're right around, uh, right behind. Or uh, let's see, they are just looking at the latest RPI as uh, Duke at twenty. So they actually are a little bit ahead of USM. And so if they were to lose that, USM would jump ahead of them uh, in RPI. I'm guessing. And um, so yeah, it certainly would. Uh, would Rupert actually just had somebody ask me that on Twitter about Miami or Duke? I would, you know, you would rather want Miami to win that with uh, Duke being outside the host right now but in Miami already being in. And so, you know, we're, we're saying this because no baseball to watch Southern Miss today. And then, of course, you said at the beginning, uh, the big one tonight, Oklahoma and uh, and Oklahoma State. That one's at 730. Boomer Sooner in that one, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, I saw a tweet from maybe or something from Kendall Rogers or Mark Ethers, and they said, the last time that a top four conference did not get a host was in 2016 with the Pac-12. Uh, and right now, the Big 12 doesn't have any. I mean, Oklahoma City would be the only one. So um, they might get a host just because the Big 12 is supposed to get a host. But if they lose, it'd be it'd be tight for sure. Great stuff. Well, we will uh, be watching the Golden Eagles in the morning at 9. I know you will be too. Hey, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, your time today. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. You have a great weekend too, Luke. Thanks. That's Stats McGee of Hattiesburg. Appreciate him joining us. And we'll have it on uh, demand later in a podcast form. You can go back and know exactly who Pat McGee tells you to root for today. WP McGee on Twitter. He's good good stuff. Hey, we'll go out to Idaho in our last segment coming up. Talk to Ben Milam, William Carey in the World Series. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment of the week, live at Camp Shelby at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Eagle Hour on the road today. Michael Mergens producing for us back in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. 
Again, greatly appreciate Tommy Lofton and uh, the great people at the museum here at Camp Shelby sitting in with us and uh, hosting us today. Normal hours, Tuesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. through 4 p.m. They are normally closed on Monday, but on special days, specifically patriotic days like Monday, they will be open Memorial Day. Great opportunity. You need to come uh, show this uh, your kids this and families and teach them as we look back um, and uh, remember. All right, let's go out to Idaho, to uh, Lewiston, Idaho. Ben Milam getting ready for opening of the NAIA World Series with the William Carey Crusaders. How's out west, Ben? Oh, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, and we talked earlier in the week and, you know, we had an inkling or I had, you know, this is my first time out here about, you know, how things would be run and how the community rallies around this, this tournament. And it's just, it's been a really cool experience for me and, and all of these guys. It's uh it's kind of like a mini Omaha a little bit. I've heard it described as that. It's just everyone in this community is involved and got to go to some elementary schools yesterday. The kids were all fired up and, at our banquet, opening banquet last night. But I, I tell you what, I, I heard several guys say that they're just ready to play a little ball. We'll get to do that in about four hours here. Yeah, I mean, it is. And and uh, one of the things you told us earlier in the week, and I was talking to somebody else over in Montgomery at the Sunbelt Tournament, uh, just about how much that town loves – um, this event, and it seems as if it, uh, you know, for for William Carey, for a few days at least, uh, they they will <laughs> almost have like a like a second home. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. You you said uh, we're we're under uh, right at four hours from uh, from first pitch. What does William Carey need to need to do today um, in order to uh, to knock off Bellevue? I think a team you told me earlier in the week has been out to Idaho several times. Yeah, this is their 16th program appearance, third in the last four years. So they're they're no stranger to Harris Field here in Lewiston. They were here last year, and I mean this coaching staff has been here now. I think this is their 12th year. This is their fourth time, and they're kind of a, a perennial top 10 team in the NAIA, and it's really no different this year. They've been in the top five all year long and swept their opening round. Uh, it's you really look at it on paper and kind of put the numbers side by side for these two teams, and they're very, very similar. Just not a not a lot of holes one through nine in the order. They've got four guys below a four ERA. Uh, it's a top ten pitching staff, just objectively with the numbers, and and so it's it's going to be a dog fight the whole way. It's you know it's tournament play in general. It's uh, you're going to have some big swings of momentum. Which, uh, you know, I think Bellevue probably feels like they had the advantage there having been here. But these guys for Coach Hall for they're playing with a ton of confidence and postseason play and at the you know, the end of end of the regular season it's it's really just been the same approach, just go to the yard, get the job done and that's uh that's what they're looking to do. I think one of the big keys, if not the biggest, is Andrew Shira, SSAC pitcher of the year. We talked about him earlier this week. If you can get seven or eight innings out of him, which he's, he's gone above seven innings in each of his last five starts, you'll be a long way ahead, give your offense a chance, which this has been the second-best offense in terms of total runs in all of NEIA baseball. So you feel like if you can avoid those crooked numbers, get some length from your, your starting pitcher, then you're in a pretty good spot. Absolutely. The the game already uh, finished. Taylor and Mid-American Nazarene. Was that an upset? Taylor won that, uh, or was that the team you expected to win? Yeah, 
they, I think people kind of expected them to win Mid-America, won the Shreveport bracket, beat LSU Shreveport, and that, that was kind of an upset. And Mid-America was here last year, but no one really expected them. To, they kind of squeezed in, and Taylor's been really good all year long. So I don't think we have an upset yet, but you know, the way these things go, we'll probably have one pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, the the broadcaster in me has to ask you, what's the setup like? You you gonna like your perch this afternoon at five o'clock? I've actually got a pretty good setup. I, I've got my own little corner of the press box. Uh, I'm hoping I'll have somewhere to wire my crowd mic out to the crowd. And I mean, it is a professional setup. They have really built this thing out so they could host all the media and all the broadcasters. It's it's really well done. I'm I'm happy with the setup. Michael, remind our listeners again uh, the special broadcast for William Carey. Well, you can follow online on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Super Talk Hattiesburg will update you all the times. But, uh, yeah, the first game we are shooting for around 5 o'clock, as Ben knows, with <laughs> these types of tournaments and the World Series. It depends on how long the game before goes. So uh, right now we're shooting for 5 o'clock, and you listen to that locally on Supertalk Hattiesburg 97.3, online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, or just download the Supertalk Mississippi app and click on the Supertalk Hattiesburg option, and you can listen anywhere. Ben, we uh, we, we hope you eat uh, – or I, I, this is a dumb question. Have you eaten potatoes so far this week? I, I've had potatoes for every meal, Luke. I hope you keep eating them. Let's make a run <laughs> in Idaho, okay? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us. Have a great call. All right. Thanks, Luke. Always a pleasure. That's Ben Milam, the voice of the William Carey Crusaders today. Tentatively, 5 o'clock, Super Talk, Hattiesburg, 97.3. Have a great Memorial weekend, and uh, let's remember why we're able to watch baseball, why we're able to eat with our families, why we're able to uh, to swim in the pool. So much more than that. Come, come down here at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum at Camp Shelby. Uh, they'll be open uh, today, tomorrow, and, uh, and Memorial Day. Come learn. Come remember. So thankful for every family and every soldier that has sacrificed. Hope you have a great weekend. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.